0: You are now listening to Theology Applied, a podcast of Eternal City Church, where theology walks the pavement. Welcome to another episode of Theology Applied. Today you'll be hearing again from Joe Holland, Chief Editor at Grimke Seminary and sole proprietor of Blackhawk Coaching. Today, we'll wrap up our mini series on emotions by discussing how to process your emotions through a helpful acronym Joe created, as well as how one might respond in emotionally appropriate ways in a variety of situations. I trust you'll be encouraged. Friends, welcome to another episode of Theology Applied. I'm here with my friend and coach, Joe Holland. Once again, Joe, thanks for doing a part two on emotions.
1: Yeah, man. Howdy to be here. Thanks for inviting me back.
0: So Joe is the chief editor at Grimkey Seminary. He is uh, the sole proprietor of Black Hawk Coaching. I see the logo there on your hat. It's a fresh hat, man. I like that. Uh, so Joe is open for for coaching. Joe, how can they find you for coaching if people want to connect with you personally?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can DM me on Twitter. It's probably the best way. Um, Joe Holland on Twitter. Uh, there's blackhawkcoaching.org. So you can go there too, or .com, and you can um, send me a, um, uh, contact form too. So both of those work.
0: Excellent. Joe is also a husband and father and foster parent as of recent as well, right? I
1: am. I am.
0: Yeah, man. We share that uh, awesomeness and... We heartless. do.
1: <laughs> we do. Both of those. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's excellent and disastrous at the same time. It is. It uh, is. Very true. Brother, as we have discussed on the previous podcast, most Christians in the Reformed tribe, uh, I think, lack emotional awareness, emotional discipleship. We're just kind of failing in that area. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that's part of the reason why we're doing this podcast. So would you mind uh, maybe discussing why you think that is? Why are we maybe as the Reformed camp lacking in this area? And, And what can we do about it?
1: Sure. Uh, it, and I should start out by saying that I'm, I'm not a researcher. Um, I have friends who are researchers. And so my experience is one of a pastor, um, of, t- of 20 years working with guys and coaching them, um, my, my own life. So, um, the things that I offer are anecdotal. Um, I, I think it would be really good for someone to, who has research skills to do some research, um, on sure. this, on, on, on why do you, um, people within um, the reformed branch of Christianity um, often struggle to um, connect with their emotions for for whatever way or whatever reason that is. So I offer anecdotally, um, and so I, th- I think a few things that I've seen come together. Um, I, I think I think especially men um, today. For whatever reason, the generation in front of us, in front of you and I, I'll put you and I in the same age bracket. Um, I think I'm a little bit older, but what I'll put us in like. the same age bracket. Yeah, <laughs> 43. So there we go. pretty close. There we go. Um, I think probably our dads and even uh, dads in front of us and, and maybe even the generation in front of that, in front of them um, did not, for whatever reason, know how to communicate. We might call it just emotional maturity. Um, sure how to understand the emotions you're feeling and be able to express them. Um, I'd even say particularly in a masculine way. Um, Certainly emotions are are feminine or masculine. Um, I work with men, so that's what I focus on. I've got four teenage sons, so even in my parenting, um, I've parented young men. Um, So I I think particularly what we're seeing is that men are launching into manhood um, without a capacity to understand what emotions they're feeling or how to express them um, in, a, in a healthy way. Um, and you and I both know it, it's not, if, if you don't know that, it's not that you don't express emotions, you just express them poorly. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's a part of it. I think that our tradition um, tends to highlight in a in a really good way, um, the intellect and actions. And so if we were to, um, as Herman Babink says, um, separate the person into the head, the heart and the hands uh, I think the reform tradition is especially focused on um, the head and the hands. And so we we tend to be people who think very deeply um, in a very good way, um very theologically precise, um very thoughtfully, um, and we are people who act we're doers. And so um, in in doing that, if we if we face problems or trials or or accomplishing goals or serving our families or wanting to honor the Lord, and whatever we do, um, we do tend to say, well, what do I need to know? What do I need to do? Um, and again, if we were to bring in um, what traditionally has been understood as a full person of also bringing um, the emotions into that, that that hasn't been highlighted, at least in my experience of growing up mm-hmm. um, within the reform tradition. So um, so I, I think we tend to tackle problems head on with head in hands um, and um, the emotions lag. And so I, I think culturally um, we're experiencing men who – Um, have not been taught by their dads or moms um, how to understand the emotions they're experiencing and how to express them. Um, I think within theologically and within worship, we tend to be very heady and action oriented um, without thinking about um, the emotions as well. And so, um, I, I think it's. I think it's neglected. I don't. I don't think that has to be the case. I don't. I don't think emotions are always the neglected thing. I, I think if you read, as we'll talk about the scriptures, I think the scriptures, of course, because they are the word of God, um, are very balanced um, in terms of um, feeling and thinking and doing. It just. It it, it seems in. The cultural climate I've grown up in as a reformed American Christian um, in the late 90s and into the 2000s um, on the east Coast being yeah. a PCA pastor as many times as I can I can hedge um, that, that emotions haven't been something um, that I've interacted a whole lot with um, but um, as I've started to delve back within um, our tradition it's very much there I mean, not only scripture of course as we've talked about but um, going throughout um, the early church even into um we talked before the Puritans um were um very emotional in their writing and preaching um and had a very developed view of emotions and the place of emotions in Christian ministry um and in, in preaching in particular and um in what ways should you garner the emotions of people and those kinds of things. So I, I don't I don't think our, our tradition is destitute. Um I don't think it's lacking. Um of course I don't think the Bible is lacking. I think something has happened in the past. 30, 40, 50 years culturally, um, and and they probably work together or what's going on culturally, um, a lack of attention on emotions um, has tended to highlight two very good things, um, thinking and doing within our system, um, to the neglect of emotions. So um, the guys that um, I've pastored, discipled, and coached um, don't... not It isn't, It isn't even that they... Um, they have the categories for discussing emotions and want to talk about that. A lot of times, you know, I'll be talking to them and, um, you know, ask them what they feel. And, um, like, like I, I can respond sometimes. I'll say, you know, how do you feel? I think I'm doing well. Um, which is a head and a hands response right. to a feeling question. Um, so no, 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 like what, what, what feelings come to mind? And then there's that, you know, deer in headlights look of like, I, I don't know how to start a conversation when someone pushes me to say, what are you feeling? Mm. Um, so, um, so so yeah, I, I I and it I think probably because women and men experience um, and express emotions differently. I I don't think that's necessarily the case um, with women within the reform tradition. And so I'd even pull back a little bit. Say I think men within the reform tradition, um, this applies to. Um, but again, I don't like I yeah. It, it would be interesting for um, for a woman who disciples women um, to to talk a little bit about that. Who has more more ideas about that. But those are some of my thoughts about. Why is this an issue? Um, what are some of the contributing factors that that brought us here?
0: Yeah, even as I think about many of my systematic theologies, there's not like an entire section on emotions and what to sure. do with them. You, you have to go into the biblical counseling world, which I appreciate that world. I really appreciate those guys. CCF in sure. particular. But yeah. you know, with, with those thinkers, you're right. It's not often addressed. And I think that it, it hurts us. You know, to yeah. neglect that part of our being. And God made us emotional feeling creatures. He is an emotional feeling God. Um, we're not to grieve the Holy Spirit, right? It, it really is. And I, and I think I
1: think the response maybe of the men who wrote those systematic theologies might have been, well, um, we we did write our systematic theologies for the mind. And we expected the kind of apprenticeship and mentorship um, that happened between uh, dads and sons and also between um, pastors and pastor candidates between pastors and church planters—they um, they may be expected it to happen there, um, and it just it just hasn't for for whatever reason. So uh, you're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah.
0: So it sounds like you're you're defending defending all the theologians you used to edit for Ligonier now, Joe. That's right. Well, I mean, it's
1: interesting. Like you look at like a BB Warfield who um, is certainly like theologically precise and um, and everything that he did. Uh, but one of the works that he wrote was The Emotional Life of Our Lord. Yeah. Um, and so he he took an intellectual look at The Emotional Life of Our Lord. Or, um, you know, the I'm, I'm going to paraphrase his response. Um, and I think this is in um, his work um, entitled something like For Seminary Students or On Seminary Education, um, where he says, you know, somebody asked him, um, which is more important um, to spend two hours reading a theology textbook or two hours um, on his knees in prayer, um, and he noted the false dichotomy and said, "Well, I, I would rather spend two hours on my knees in prayer reading a systematic theology textbook, yeah. um, which is—I mean, it, it doesn't directly um, address emotions, but you know, prayer is a very emotional thing. So, for, so for him, the relational, emotional side of his faith um, was not disconnected from the the very intense theological work. So, it, I think it's very important. For in fact, if if I would say one thing. Um, for for our listeners, um, if they resonate with um, it, it, not being we would say emotional mature or maybe not finding in the reform tradition that they've experienced a lot of talk about um, the emotions, um, a biblical anthropology of emotions. Um, it, it isn't a deficit of um, of our tradition or certainly um, the Bible. Um, and so um, a lot of times when people come in uh, into, um, highly emotionally charged events um, as Christians and are trying to figure out um, how to process that, um, they will um, a- abandon or leave Christian teaching on that and go into secular therapeutic ideas of um, of emotional um, emotional health and um, emotional learning and emotional awareness and, and whatever else you want to say emotional. Um, and it, it is that is that is absolutely um, absolutely not necessary. Our, our system is very I'm full of um, good emotional learning. Um, so I, I really encourage people who maybe this is a new topic or they're going through a hard time or experiencing deep emotions. Um, of course, the Bible is sufficient, um, but you also believe the, the reformed tradition and the creeds and confessions of the reformed faith um, certainly um, garner and encourage a very deep um, emotional relation, relationship with the Lord, emotional relationship with others and in the world. So um so yeah definitely definitely defending uh, all those all those theologians um they 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 weren't wrong uh, we're trying to do the best we no, can absolutely not. yeah they were not absolutely wrong. yeah
0: um yeah so for you personally Joe you had to take this journey um yeah. you had some events happen in your life where sure. you came to a place where you're like I got to I got to dig in here um yeah. I think you would say I'm lacking myself and so you went on a journey and you figured some stuff out. You came up with a helpful little system, the emotional triangle that we did in our last podcast. Sure. you also came up with a helpful acronym that you use to process emotions and help others process their emotions. So let's talk about that now. How? What happened that you came to this realization, created these little tools that helped you at first and now you use to help others? Sure, Um, I I mean, we we are all works in progress
1: and um, we're all constantly processing our lives. Um, before the Lord prayerfully, um, searching out sin, uh, figuring out sin patterns, um, trying to understand how um, our stories affect us and um, either give us gifts um, to uh, help others, whether it's, you know, our, our spouse or children or the people that we're in ministry with or our church um, or ways um, that we we need to repent, um, for ways that we engage with others in a sinful way, um, or even just to notice areas of immaturity and say, I, God's calling me to grow in this area. So, um, you know, it was, uh, um, I, I, I started, you know, ministry in college, um, went to seminary right out of college, um, was by 2003, you know, ordained, uh, I think I was 24 when I was ordained, um, you know, I, 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 you know, very, you know, newly married, new kids, young family, you know, all of that stuff. So, you know, raising children, uh, growing marriage and everything that comes along with, um, new marriage, um, ministry, all the challenges of ministry. Um, and, and those things kind of, uh, it was a snowball. just, um, they, they tend to all three of them work together in, in a way that, that scripture teaches us it will, like our, our ministry and our family and our personal life are all intertwined. And so, um, especially about 10 years into, um, ministry, you know, Having noted areas I needed to grow as a husband, and areas I needed to grow as a father, and areas I to grow as a, as a pastor, and seeing the ways that a lot of um, things came out of my family of origin and how does my family group and affect that, um, uh, led me to start thinking through. Hey, I, I'm, I'm God's given me a certain amount of of smarts um, of intellect, um, and, and I and I know how to work hard, uh, but but being being able to understand what I'm feeling and um, communicate that to you know someone else in a really helpful way um, is is not something um, that I'm good at. In fact, something bad at. Um, and, and through a lot of different different routes, I was seeing that. Um, uh, for for study wise, that was a part of a leadership cohort that was for pastors who were 10 years into ministry. So you know you've you've taken your licks, you've had your successes. You're not not like, new out of the gate. And um, you know we were talking about the how emotions can impact us in pastoral ministry that we can think the right things and do the right things. Um, but if, you know, we're cynical or if we're angry um, or if we're deeply sad that um, we can think and do the right things, um, but it doesn't mean that we're in a good or healthy place as, as ministers, husbands, fathers, um, friends, uh, you know, fellow elders um, of people serving on our teams. And so that was my first thought into thinking through that um, at that time, I was also, the theological topic I was studying was our union with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, So going through the New Testament, looking at a lot of the the in Christ statements, um, reading uh, kind of the works by Grant McCaskill and others um, on on that topic. And so those things came together for me um, that I, you know, reading in Romans 8, that um, we're united to Christ in such a way that not only are called and justified, but we're being transformed, conformed into the image of Jesus. And so our union with Christ means that the trajectory of our sanctification um, is into becoming more human than we have been mm-hmm. because we're being conformed into the image of the perfect, um, of the perfect human Jesus. Um, and so it, it really helped me because my, um, what what has been for others? Hey, tell me about emotions, and they go reading all kinds of um, stuff and and looking at, at secular ideas of anthropology and humanity and all the, uh, those kinds of things. For me, was I really want to know how did Jesus express emotions um, perfectly? That he certainly he he thought all the right things, yep. um, he did all the right things, uh, but he also um, felt the correct emotions. Um, at the correct times um, that was in perfect concord with his human nature so um, his emotions were also a perfect expression of manhood masculinity human um, humanness um, and all of his interactions with others which is really what Warfield was getting together getting at in his book on the emotional life of Christ Um, and so for me the fact that I was asking these questions about uh, my own ability to understand what I'm feeling and communicate that to others. And then also my theological studies on, um, Christ and our union with him kind of melded together so that I I started, you know, I, I I joke about it's, uh, you know, the growth, the growth triangle. Um, you know, it, it, it sounds very branded and all that. It was just a helpful way for me to think about it, that we are as, you know, because the babbing says head, heart and hands, um, because Christ was, um, and I started to think through, well, what connects our head um, and our heart. And that's really our story and how we understand the story that God's given us. Um, you know, God gives us everyday experiences um, for us to know. And you know, the catechism says, you know, his providence is his most holy, wise, and powerful preserving and governing of all of his creatures, and all of their actions. Um, that means that God's providence is writing our story um, mm-hmm. for us. And that uh, part of understanding um, what God's doing in our life is looking back on what he's done in our life. We're um, to connect our heart and our hands, which is our passions. You know, what, is given us that we love to do, um, or connecting together our head and our hands, which is the skills and habits um, that we um, employ in His Word and His world according to His Word um, for His glory. So, so all of those things the, um, you know, my, my sin, my understanding of my own um, immaturity, um, areas that I know need to grow. Everything from as a you know father and a husband and a pastor and a friend. Um, and the, the the difficulties I experienced in pastoral ministry, to the theological things that I was studying about union with Christ. So all that came together um, to um, to help me to um, hopefully start to develop a biblical view of the emotions um, that are very Christocentric. Um, that I really tried to distill down to a way that I could help other men um, who I was discipling or coaching or training. Um, and that led to the you know the the acronym we talk about, which is just a, a funny acronym. Um, flash judges is what I call it. F L A S H and then I think I was probably reading um, Moonwalking with Einstein, um, which is a, a, a book about um, uh, memory competitions. Mm. Um, and I've I've always been been curious about memory and how our memory works and um, uh, memory palaces and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So um, you know, created a, an acronym that guys could remember um, to get at the nine basic emotions. Uh, there are a lot of different, uh, theories about which, you know, what are emotions? How many of them are there? You know, Are they, you know, a tiered bullseye or they have Venn diagram? You know, what, what are they? And so, um, I just came up with the nine acronym is, is I call it working definition. which just means that it, it's helpful as far as it goes. I'm not trying to make the end all be all statement on this. Therefore is all emotions. So, um, you know, it was fear, loneliness, anger, sadness, hurt, uh, joy, disdain, guilt, and shame. And so, um, I still do something I, you know, I did back then and still do, um, is, um, I will write out that acronym in my, in my journal. And at the end of the day, I will just kind of uh, go through and say, sometimes the middle of the day, um, what have I felt today? Um, and that was the beginning of me trying to figure out, um, what, what emotions am I feeling? Um, I felt fear today. Okay. Well, why was I, why was I fearful? You know what, was behind that, and start to pray through that a little bit. Not spending a ton of time on it, uh, but just starting to practice becoming more aware with um, the emotions that I was feeling. Um, so, such so it's a it's a, a long rambling response to your question uh, of, of, of how I got here. <laughs>
0: yeah, that was good. What came out of that? So you're 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 sitting down. You're kind of prayerfully processing what feelings have emerged, what emotions have emerged. Uh, sure. What came out of that over time? Because I, I would agree with you. If people are going to do this today because they heard this podcast, they're going to go yep. write this acronym, and it may not nothing may come of it for the first couple times. Sure, what sure. what eventually emerged out of this for you? Yeah,
1: I think what's helped was was a key thing for me to get. I, I think I got this from reading John McMurray um, was the original author. Um, he was a really um, weird, out there author, um, but he in in the middle of um, of a longer work, he said. Um, that emotions are like truth statements that they're either truth or false, true or false or statements. They're true or false. And so, you know, we might say, you know, the sky is blue. That's true. Um, The sky is green. Um, That's not true. Um, And, and he would, he, he was pushing in his work, which I think is helpful um, for Christians to think about that. There are right emotional responses for um, what's going on in your life and for different environments. And so, um, you know, if, 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 there's a funeral, um, and the correct response is grief, um, and someone's laughing, you know, that's, that's not the right emotional response. And we would always say, we would all say that, um, you know, there's you know, something's wrong with that person. Um, or if, if there was a, a moment that should be very joyous and someone's crying, it's, that, that doesn't fit, um, for, for that's not true for, for where it is. And so, um, I think of, uh, looking at training our emotions, um, in the same way that we would train our thoughts, and and really submitting them to Christ means feeling the right things at the right time. Um, and so, um, you know, a, a part of that was not just, "Hey, what what am I feeling?" Um, but but is it true and right for what I'm going through? And, and I, I think that's that's the other piece because it is we, we would want to say that someone is feeling something is true and so um, a lot of um, secular thoughts on emotions is just validate you know Never. whatever emotion it is which which to some something we can say yes I, I if someone is actually angry um you know i don't want to say no you're not like of right. course like okay great you're angry um should you be um according to god's word and what you're going through is that the appropriate response for for where you are so um, you know, one of the rebukes for the people of God at the end of kind of the kingdom history towards the major and minor prophets um, is that often, you know injustice was happening in Israel. um and God's people did not care. they They did not express sorrow and grief over what was going on um in in israel that that God did, or, you Look at you know Paul and some of the sexual immorality that was going on at Corinth. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd say, you know, you you boast in it. Um, mm-hmm. you you should instead be, you know, you should be so sorrowful. You know, it's and, and so the Bible and, and and places definitely teaches, hey, we want to make sure that we're feeling the right emotions for what's going on and what God's word says. You know, is this something we should be joyful about? Is this something that we should be sorrowful about? Um, and so it's not just, what am I feeling? It's how do I bring my feelings, um, under, um, the sovereignty and lordship of Jesus. So, so that, that's, that would be kind of the, the, the process of, um, you know, what am I feeling? Um, is, is, is that accurate? If it, if it's not, you know, what's going on with me? Why, why did I think that that was an appropriate thing to, to feel in that moment? Hmm. Um, what am I not, not thinking correctly, um, because God's word and our thoughts does tell us. Um, the the appropriate emotions for different um, different things that are going on. So that, those are some of the ways I started to work through it.
0: Yeah, that's really helpful. So we've talked before about emotions kind of being that first filter for our, mm-hmm. our being. They kind of just are there. Uh, sure. They come to us unbidden often. We don't yeah. maybe want to be angry. We don't want to be anxious. We don't want to be upset. We would like to be joyful and happy, I think, more. Sure. Right. they just are there, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so I, I think what you're saying is, we should acknowledge that they're there. So if I'm angry, that's just true. If I'm frustrated, that's true. However, does the situation call for me to be frustrated and angry is a whole nother question. Um, If you're at home hanging out with your kids and they're being kids, maybe spilling things or being loud, the kids are loud. If you're angry and frustrated, okay, that's real, that's true, Right? should you be uh, in that circumstance is a good question to think through and pray through, is what you're saying.
1: Exactly, and so you know, in, in that situation, if you're you're angry um, and you're thinking, well, no, I, I I'm angry because I think that I should have a completely quiet home, and instead, God has given me the blessing of children, which will bring along with it not only a certain amount of noise, um, but also the encouragement and challenge to me to be patient. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if if I'm being angry then at, at my kids for being kids, then in reality, I am. You know, rejecting part of the blessing that God's given me, um, and and maybe an appropriate emotion would be um, joy. Um, you know, so many um, folks who who go into empty nest you know, talk about once they're in empty nest how quiet the home is. Um, you know, the, the lack of noise and how much they wish that there was noise. And so, um, you know, there there is that point. So you no, know, I'm, I'm I'm angry because the house is noisy because I have um, you know kids. We say kid, kids are a blessing, um, and you know I'm I'm really. I, I want to recognize that blessing. Um, or, you know, maybe I've asked a child to be quiet and, you know, that child's not obeying me and, you know, breaking the fifth commandment in which case there, there would be some appropriate fatherly anger, um, that would be administered in love and discipline, um, to, Hey, you, you do need to practice being quiet. So that, that would be the, not just the ah, I'm angry or it's, it's thinking through it. And so, um, I, I think the best way to understand emotions is they're like a check engine light on your dash. Um, you know, they don't, they don't tell you what's going on. They tell you that something's going on um, and, and you need to kind of follow up on that. So, you know, check engine light comes on. I don't pull my car over and start pulling spark plugs. Right, right. You know, it, it's a uh, check engine light comes on. All right. I, I need to take it to my mechanic or plug in the little um, code reader and figure out what it is so I can track down. Um, you know the the, the problem. So, um, so I, that that's kind of how emotions it, it is. Oh, I'm feeling this. Okay, um, what's that saying about where am I? Where am where I am right now? Um, what does God say about that? And so, there's just a number of follow up um, questions that come along with that. That start to train us um, in expressing the right emotions at the right time.
0: That's really helpful. As yeah. I'm as I'm thinking through what you're saying here, I'm seeing that the the triangle. You know, it they're all kind of and mesh together so yeah. for example if the, the basic scenario of the kids there you're angry because you want the house to be quiet or you want to be able to think or whatever and they're right. being super noisy um, right. so you're you're then going to have to recognize the feeling the emotion but then you have to think about it and then your thoughts should then lead you to some kind of different action uh perhaps prayer right perhaps like yes maybe yes. talking to the kids so like that all these Head, heart, and hands are tied together. Uh, We maybe have a tendency to pull them apart, but they're actually all enmeshed together. If we're exactly properly whole being, right?
1: Exactly, and 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 maybe that means going to you know when your kids and saying, "I'm I'm sorry, I was angry with you. It was it had to do more with me than you." Um, And you know, it may may be a point of coming back and repenting and saying, "I'm I was sinfully angry, Um, um, and I didn't see it in the moment. I see it now. I'm sorry." Um, so I, I, absolutely there's just, it. but we, we, we think about that in terms of what we think and what we do very easily. Mm-hmm. We don't do that for, um, for our emotions. So if we were to take an action, um, and then afterwards, like, oh, I, I shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. I, I need to go back and tell, you know, whoever that affected, Hey, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I thought that was the right thing to do. It wasn't. Um, and I'm really sorry. I, I really examined that action in light of the word of God. Um, or, you know, even thinking, you know, if, 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 if we come that we, let's say we, um, we really um, doubt God's fatherly love for us. Um, and we, we act in a way um, that, that doesn't affirm the fact that God is you know, loves us and has forgiven us through Christ. Um, a, a part of um, repentance, saying, well, I, that's not true. You know, because of what Christ has done, um, the Father's love is unconditional for me because of the finished work of Jesus. And we can go to the Lord and say, I, I thought of you like a harsh dad mm. and instead you're a loving dad. So we we think a lot in terms of um, what do we think right or wrong and how do we, how do we repent, make amends, change? How do we you know act right or wrong? We just don't do it a lot with our emotions. Um, and so, you know, I'm, you know, you know, for example, you know, it's always, I, I talk to pastors a lot that, you know, December, January, February are very dark months um, for pastors. Um, it just happens that a lot of, um, you know, resignations happen in um, church discipline cases and marriages that have been falling apart for a long time. Pastors finally found out about it. And, um, and just for, for whatever reason, you know, these months are very, very, very difficult. Um, and it can really wear pastors down. So a pastor might find himself um, being... You know, angry or short with his congregation, it might come out in his preaching, mm. um, and, and it, it might be because it's been three really hard months um, of just back to back difficult situations that he's tried to walk in, um, and so for him to first realize I'm I'm angry at my congregation um, is is that right? No, no it's not. Um, instead, I can go to the Lord and recognize that the things that I'm being a pastor is a privilege things that i'm facing are difficult and i can recognize that and then that I'm, I'm sad or you know i've been betrayed and i'm hurt or you know i'm lonely in ministry uh, or, or whatever that is mm-hmm. um and so a, a pastor walking through that might first realize i'm, I'm angry with my congregation am i really i'm not what i'm really feeling is i'm feeling weariness and you know hurt and betrayal and you know difficult times and i'm i'm tired and so you know just a little bit of looking through is like wait no anger towards the congregation wasn't the right response mm. um what that that's what first clued me into something going on after i looked at it a little bit more i realized you know really this these are these other things and i'm i'm praying i'm talking to the lord about that and trying to apply what his word says about pastoral ministry and the difficulties of it to it um which would bring up new new emotions and more accurate emotions uh, more godly emotions
0: Mm, That's good. Let's walk through, let's say it's a husband and wife conflict. Uh, That's pretty common in pastoral ministry. So (laughs) anyone who's married understands. Um, So the emotions are there. You're frustrated. You know, Mm -hmm. your body's pumping adrenaline and cortisol. And so like what help us walk through those emotions uh, so that we don't sin against our spouse or perhaps we have already. Uh, maybe both those scenarios, like we we recognize the intense emotions and we're ready to fight. Um, what do we do? Uh, maybe what would you coach? And then also it's over. We've already said the things we shouldn't have said. We've maybe punched something that we shouldn't have punched or, mm-hmm. you know, through something we shouldn't have thrown. Uh, what would you say?
1: Sure. Um, I, I mean, it, it, it is anger tends to be for men and probably for women too, um, kind of an, an umbrella emotion. Um, it is the first thing that we think we feel or maybe real feel when um, there's something else under it. And so um, I, I think, especially in what you're striving for in a Christian marriage, the the oneness between husband and wife um, is that you, you want to communicate to your spouse um, what's really going on um, so that they understand you. And the assumption is that men are loving their wives as Christ loved the church. And, um, women are submitting to and, and honoring their husbands as the church, um, does to Christ. And, and so, you know, because there's the assumption that you're for each other, a lot of times getting to, um, the actual emotions really, really helps. So if it's, uh, I'm angry you and I'm angry you, and that's, that might be the the doorway into, um, what it was, but let's, you know, let's say it's something like, um, and the, the the wife is frustrated that the husband isn't taking out the kitchen garbage um you know cliche but um you, you know and, and 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 she lets him know how angry she is um you know to to some degree um yes the husband should should hear that and uh recognize that it's frustrating um if they've talked through that and that's something that the having said this is something i really feel called to do in this family is you know i'm going to take out the garbage and yes i haven't done that you were completely get the anger um, behind that. I shouldn't um, have done that. I'm going to start taking the anger out. I'm going to start taking the garbage out. So, you know, on the surface, yes. Like I'm angry. Can you hear anger? Yes. Can you resolve? Yes. Um, Rather than firing back with other anger, maybe the husband, you know, you know, doesn't like anger, which nobody does. Mm -hmm. um, But he's able to hear anger and say, that is an appropriate response of my wife um, based on how we've ordered our home. Um, rather than responding with anger for anger, um, like I would like to do, um, to be defensive, um, I recognize that that my wife's anger is correct um, for that. So, you know, it does that? Um, and you know, it, it, but let's say that instead, um, they're they're talking through it, and um, they're they're maybe having a, a chance where you know tempers and emotions have have, have lowered a little bit in the scale. Um, and the husband realizes that, um, the, his, his, wife's father really wasn't present in the home and didn't do anything around the home. And, you know, one of the aspects of her story, um, is that, you know, she just, she just never had a faithful dad in the home, um, to care for their family. And so, um, for her to say, Hey, it is, it, it, it creates fear in me, mm. Um, when regular things are not done around the home because um, I, I had, you know, a father who wasn't there and didn't do anything. And so um, that, that makes me fearful about about our relationship or, you know, whatever it might be. And so that, that might be an emotion under the motion yep. based on a story and who knows what people's stories are. But if you, if you stop for a second and say, oh, well, what am I really, really feeling, you know, but behind these, these kinds of things or, you know, and maybe husband comes home and, you know, he's had you know a day at work and, um, you know, he's, he's gotten, you know, maybe just reprimands. Maybe he's done some things wrong. And his boss said to come in and say, Hey, you need to really up the level of that. He's trying to deal with that. He gets home, he really hasn't taken out the garbage. Um, and you know, wife's upset and angry and he responds angrily. There's a chance for him to say, wait a second, that, I, I was frustrated really at myself for not doing what I need to do in my job. I didn't like being reprimanded by my boss. All of that was pent up. Um, when my mind was angry, all of it came out. And so I need to go back to her and say, hey, listen, that, that wasn't about you um, at all. Um, that, that's about me um, really coming to grips with areas that I need to be more responsible in my life. Um, and I was lashing out in anger um, sinfully. I'm really sorry. Mm. So that, that, that might be how you know, just, you know, coming up top of my head, some, some ways, but beginning at the emotions under the emotions, what's really going on, um, and, and things, um, can, can really help, uh, a, a couple, um, to understand each other, um, and to be more compassionate, um, to one another, you know, in that moment, like it's still not okay that the garbage isn't taking out, right. but the wife's like, Oh, wow. I'm, I'm, I didn't know. I'm, I'm sorry that you went through that. Mm. Um, or maybe the husband, you know, the newly married guy doesn't know that that was, um, how she looked at, um, how her father wasn't home. Like, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Like I were writing a different story. That's not who I am. That's not how I'm going to function. And I, so in, in that moment for, for what was an immediately, you know, uh, uh, an emotionally charged conflict creating situation, there's the opportunity to, to think and pray and know, get to know each other more and still solve the issue. The garbage get sure. out. Yeah. And where there's sin, it needs to be repented of. And everything needs to be taken under the lordship of Jesus, whatever, no matter who's feeling what, mm-hmm. um, um, and, and, and maybe it's just, Hey, we're, we're, we can't even get our minds around it because we're so angry right now. We need to take, take an hour or two or whatever else it is. Um, so, but just, it is, a so often it's, you know, uh, emotions that may or may not be true and then they're responded to, and then they're never resolved to talked through Yeah, um, that's good. and that, yeah. So. Um, so it's an opportunity um, for you know, spouses to understand each other more, understand themselves. Um, you know, and you know how often have we um, lashed out at our spouse, or um, or even you know been cold, or you know, which had nothing to do with them. It was just about something else that was going on in our life. Um, so yeah,
0: no, that's there's
1: some examples. Yeah.
0: So you've mentioned to me in the past you really appreciate the little book by John C. Miller, Repentance.
1: Yes. Um, yes. How can,
0: how can we do that? Repent. I mean, you've been talking about it, which brought it to mind for yeah. me. How do we, emotions, prayerful discovery of maybe the sin underneath the sin or the emotion underneath the emotion and, and repent, would you just say what I just said, or would you add to it?
1: No, no, no. I mean, I, I think being thoughtful, I think listening to um, our impact on, on others um, when there is conflict, conflict to be able to say, well, just, you know, tell me more, um, about, you know, how I hurt you and being open to hear someone say, well, it was like this and in a non-defensive way, because it, 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 it gives you the opportunity to see in someone else, um, um, the, the effect of your actions, um, say, oh, I didn't, I did not realize I I need other people. I, I have my own blind spots. And so, um, that, that leads to understanding. It doesn't mean that everybody we talk to is inerrant and has a perfect view um but we least need more views than ourselves um our own view and um certainly asking god through the holy spirit working through the scriptures um to um to search us and to know us um and so regularly reading the scriptures and praying and um considering our lives and asking god through the spirit to show us areas of sin um and then you know realizing that if we confess our sins he's you know faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And so there's there's great hope in searching and finding sin and being able to repent of it.
0: Mm, that's good. That's really good. So what what is the value of maybe we've talked a lot about doing this meditatively, maybe in your prayer time or your time with the Lord. What's the value sure. of doing something like this either with another person or with a group, like a small group? You think that's helpful?
1: <sighs> um I, I think you should pick relationships Um, that should or would really benefit from um, greater emotional awareness or maturity um, and um, begin to see in what ways you could be more emotionally honest in those relationships. And so, you know, some of them, of course, be family um, with your spouse or with your children. Um, Those are obviously areas. and so that, that doesn't mean if this is something that is is new and that you want you know you you, you want to start being more um, obedient to the Lord and expressing the emotions you should be expressing, it doesn't mean that you kind of emotionally vomit all of a sudden on everybody. Right. It means right, that right. you kind of you, you can go slowly into relationships. Um, um, I, you know, I, I talk to pastors a lot about their elder teams, um, and that that should be a place where um, guys, in a appropriate way for masculine church leaders. Men to express emotions with one another. If um, if somebody in your elder team makes you angry, um, which really, if if you're serving well enough and doing good work, you will be angry at some point. Like that should happen if you're doing it well. Um, you know, that there is an expectation on that team, either as a team or um, with individuals that you're going to process that with one another. If, you know, hurt or guilt or shame or, you know, whatever else. But um, for, for most teams, that needs to be most more explicit than implicit. Um, a lot of teams do function in the head and action space. Um, and and I I might even say like for, for a deliberatory board, maybe that is, that needs to be, you know, the, the 70% of the time. Um, but, um, from all the work, both within the church and outside of the church that we've seen, um, is that teams that completely neglect the emotional atmosphere of teams, um, are underperforming teams, um, that um, can experience, um, significant cha- challenges and, um, you know, uh, breaches amongst relationships. And so, um, I, it isn't, you know, I'm going to go be emotional with, with everyone. It's, um, there, there are some key relationships, um, um, either in my family or teams that I'm in. Um, and I, I want to start, um, bringing up, you know, conversations, um, about, um, or using emotional language um, to make those relationships stronger. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's, you know, for, for some elder teams, for an elder, to, you know, if they're discussing something for an elder to say, wow, what you said really makes me angry. Um, you know, just that statement um, is, is completely uh, you know, foreign and unexpected for someone to say <laughs> for, for some teams that that's not, and that's, that's great. That, that's where you are. Um, or if you know, you it, it's, it's, a lot of times I'll try to be as honest as possible when people ask me, you know, the, the typical, you know, how are you doing? And I know what they really mean a lot of times is just a greeting, like, how are you doing? You know, good, thanks. Um, but a lot of times, you know, how are you doing? You walk into an elder meeting and how are you doing? Um, really lonely. Mm. Um, and to be able to answer and just to, to invite some of, some of the guys that you're serving on in, in such an important work um, into your life and and what you might be experiencing. And it might be a two minute conversation. It might be something that somebody follows up with you afterwards, but, um, beginning in your most important relationships, first with your spouse, then with your kids, um, then with other, um, areas in your life, um, to start to, um, practice, um, just appropriate emotions, emotional maturity, whatever words you want to use for it.
0: Yeah, it's good. Being a yeah. pastor, uh, we kind of have the benefit—at <laughs> least I have. When you ask somebody, "Hey, how you doing?" you just be prepared. Yeah. Yes. Kind of, man, I'm not doing good, or like, man, yeah. I'm Or yeah. being a pastor, you know that that kind of is the advantage. Is you know, I I personally have to be ready. Like, it could get real sure. at any moment. <laughs> just talk sure. to somebody. Sure, sure. Most people have that kind of a relationship, uh, and you're saying, I think guard that well. Like we don't just want to give that like inner space to everybody, but we do want to find some people who we can walk with through the emotion. Yeah,
1: that's right. That's right. And that's and, and it isn't you know, not, not everybody is the best choice. Um, you know, anybody you can be emotional with, like I've, I've been on the phone with a customer service agent and said, <laughs> listen, I am so frustrated with your company. Um, you know, it is, and it's, um, you know, it, interesting enough you know one of the guys i coach actually uses um uh, works for a company that does technology for those customer service um calls um and a part of what the technology does is it it registers emotions um from from people calling in and so you know within the corporate commercial world um they they understand that emotions are important for customer service so um so yes i mean you, you can be emotionally honest with the customer service representative um, but in terms of like the, the things that are closest, most important to you, um, if, if there are, uh, you know, more intimate things about your life or things you're, you're really worried about or otherwise it isn't, you know, talking to your mailman about that, um, but picking a few key relationships and, um, especially if you haven't before and, and starting to, um, practice and invite others into it. And maybe it's something, you know, saying, Hey, I'm talking to a friend, I'm, I'm not good at saying how I'm really feeling Mm. and I'm trying to do better at that. Um, so I want you to know, um, that I'm really hurt um, by what you said. And so with that preface, it kind of gives a a friend a little bit of an understanding of where's this coming from. Um, but also an invitation for them to consider, Oh, am I, you know, do, do I want, and do I want to reciprocate? Um, is this, is this friendship one where I really want there to be emotional honesty. So I think that's a way to start on um, how to pick and, and how to start to step into some of those, um,
0: those conversations. That's good. Let's yeah. do one, let's do one emotion that's pretty common uh, with sure. I think your average Christian, but certainly the average American, we are an anxious people. Uh, sure. I think anxiety yeah. meds are one of the top selling medications. Yes. Um, so how yes. would you coach the average Christian, um, you know, you know, new mother, uh, toddlers, uh, nervous, maybe worker, uh, people sure. who suffer with anxiety. How would you coach them in that emotion biblically to wrestle with that? Um, what, what would you sure? Say?
1: Sure. I mean, it, it, anxiety isn't in my list, um, on purpose. And so, you know, it, it's not the acronym, um, because I, I think anxiety best described is, um, I'll say any emotion. Um, um, but a- a- an emotion, um, that is operating in a powerful way um, that we are not applying to um, to it the sovereignty of God, mm. um, and so it, it really could be you know any number of emotions. of so fear, um, obviously, is a is a pretty um, obvious one that would produce anxiety that there is perceived risk uh, yourself or um, or your family, and so you're you're anxious um, about that and. Certainly, there is a right assessment of risk. We would even say biblical anxiety because you know, mm-hmm. Paul at times says, I have an anxiety for all the churches. He right. cared about them. He right. he
0: worried about them in a Godly way. Um, so but where it, it is... Just a second. But that yep. was not sinful. No. Like, uh, be anxious for nothing. Pray about everything. Right, right. right. So like There is a, a distinction, I think, between right. sinfully anxious and then anxious yes. as in concerned, maybe.
1: Yes, yes. And that is in, in where... Where anxiety begins to be something that you should bring under, well, it's all should be in the lordship of Jesus, but where it gets out of control is I'm anxious because um, the potential scenarios I'm playing out, I'm Mm -hmm. playing out um, without God being in control. So what if this happened? What if this happened? What if this happened? And when people do that, a lot of times they're making those scenarios. What if my spouse died? What if I got terminal cancer? Um, what if the stock market crashes, mm. you know, what if a virus wipes out 70% of the population? Um, you know, all of those, what ifs are typically worried about, um, without saying God would still be God. Mm. He is still in control. That would be really hard. That would be you know, devastating, but God would still be my God. And he would not leave me, um, or forsake me. Um, he would take me through that. Um, I know that if, if I live or I die, um, that I am in Christ and he is mine. And so, um, you know, wh- where anxiety becomes, we'd say, you know, sinful and biblical anxiety is when, um, we worry about scenarios that we play in our head, um, without Jesus on the throne. Mm. Um, and I, it, it could be loneliness, you know, you know, for example, it's, uh, you know, if, if someone is unmarried, um, you know, what if I'm never married? What mm-hmm. if I never find somebody? What if, and so it's but, but those what ifs are played out um without saying Jesus but Jesus is on the throne mm. and so that would be hard but my god is god and jesus is king um and so um, for for a lot of people for anxiety um and I, and I should say like anxiety is a big deal if people are um, suffering from, we would say, you know, clinical anxiety or think yeah. that they might be suffering from clinical anxiety, or there might be mental illness involved, or it might be rooted in a, a, a trauma event or, you know, yeah. I- any of those kinds of things. So it isn't just, hey, if you're anxious, it's because you're worrying without Jesus. And so, you know, fix it. But um, one of the ways that Christians um, can sin is about worrying about the future in a way that doesn't put jesus on the throne in the future in their their worry scenarios and so um that that is a way that people can feel you know emotional about that you know it's a uh, you know from guilt to shame to you can kind of run through you know people feel hurt and it's very powerful um and maybe they've forgiven and been forgiven and taken to jesus but it's just what if the hurt doesn't go away mm. what, what if i still feel this way 12 months from now and, and again, it's, uh, the, you know, God's still God. His word is still true. Um, he, he will He will be with you if you still feel, you know, the residual effects of, of that hurt or that event or, or whatever happened. So, so I, I really think anxiety is a big deal. Um, and and most, most of the times anxiety can be helped by making sure as Christian to remember God is on the throne and he's king. Um, he is sovereign and he loves me through Christ. Um, and, and whatever I, I worry about, whatever I'm thinking about might happen in the future, I need to make sure I'm applying the, the sovereign love and goodness of God to that, mm. um, which really you know keeps me from spinning out into these um, these doomsday scenarios of what if that just really increased anxiety without bringing any solution um, or resolution.
0: Yeah. I'm glad that you made that distinction. I've walked with several people in my own church and uh, even outside who experienced panic attacks. And sure. I think they would repent if they could, you know, it's a thing. Yeah, yeah, right. like, man, I don't want this. I, <laughs> right. I would turn from this in a second if I could. Right. Um, and so there is those clinical aspects where there's imbalances or you're right, there's past traumas that have not been faced and not been dealt with. Um, and people should seek the appropriate, I think professional help from biblical counselors in those scenarios and even medication is appropriate uh, at times.
1: And I even say going to, you know, pastor too. Um, you know, if, if you think anxiety is is an issue that you're having trouble dealing with. And so it's a, uh, there's no such thing as, as podcast pastoral care. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's a, uh, you know, don't, you know, don't, don't take what we've said here and be like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to lick this. Like right. if you're experiencing significant anxiety or crippling anxiety, like Dr. Pastor, talk to a health professional, talk to whoever that might be. Um, cause it's, it's not a, I think sometimes it's a, well, if, if you're emotionally mature and you believe the right emotions, then you will never be, that's just not, that's not realistic or true or how God designs people to be cared for um, in the church.
0: Agree. Yeah. Appreciate that, Joe. Yeah. So last, last question. We got about sure. six minutes here, brother. Uh, sure. How would you want to coach the average Christian walking, watching this right now, listening to this right now to just begin a journey of emotional uh, discipleship for themselves Uh, what's the last word you would give to them?
1: Yeah, like it it isn't, I think, start where you are. Um, And so I'm I'm going to assume most Christians listening to this are, you know, living their life to God's glory, um, and hopefully are reading his word prayerfully. And so I I would say a a start is simply just paying attention um, to your day and how you're feeling through the day. And so you you don't you don't have to go into the woods with a Bible and a journal for three hours to, to do any of this. It's, Hey, I, I was in, you know, an all hands, this meeting an all, an all hands, stand up meeting this morning and um, somebody said something and it really bugged me or, you know, my friend's moving away and I'm feeling lonely and you know, there, there's no lack of whatever's going on in our day to start to simply be aware of this is what I'm feeling. What does what I'm feeling tell me about what God's up to in my life um, what he's called me to what what extra information does it give me um, about how god's called me to serve in his world um, and how can i grow to be more aware um, of my emotions just by paying attention so um you know at, at any point of the day in any context whether you're alone or with your other people with other people you can um, say, well what what am i feeling why am i feeling it um, or god search me and know me um including my emotions you know is is that right what's underneath that um and and hopefully a, a super, super not navel gazing myopic way so right. so really this i'm not trying to say this you know you just spend excessive hours of um you know self-introspection you know and it's just you're just paying attention um and then paying attention to you know, the word of god as you prayerfully read it um, You know, the bible from from genesis to revelation is is full of not only emotional language um but um, uh, passages of God's inerrant word about real events that's happened in human history that are recorded in such a way to evoke emotion um you know we we don't have systematic theologies in the Bible like there's no um you know seven loci of systematic theology um, as you know the 67th book of the bible um there, there's really even if you get to the gospels they aren't there aren't journal entries it's not like day two with Jesus we got up ate fish uh, you know traveled to Capernaum um they, they are collected and written, um, in such a way to um, engage the whole person, what we think, what we do and how we feel. Um, and so um, really there, there's no passage of scripture that you can't read and ask what emotions does this evoke? Um, and, and folks in our tradition tend to um, data mine um, scripture, you know, we we'll read through and say, well, what doctrine's here? And what? I, how does that doctrine lend towards? And that's good. We should know what the truth that God teaches. Um, but we also should know the true emotions that god's word teaches us to have and so um again it's uh, I'm, I'm assuming that's you, you don't need to do like a, a study on emotions in the bible just keep reading whatever you're reading notice um, where right and just notice and pay attention to it um you know you, maybe you read um a pericope from um, the new testament and say well mm. what would have jesus's hearers felt mm. after they heard that sermon um as one of the things you, you you could ask or especially of course the psalms like the Psalms are intentionally um, emotionally evocative, emotionally training um, Psalms. And I think one of the detriments to the church is we don't sing more Psalms. We're not in the mm-hmm. Psalms as much. And so I think one of the reasons that um, we, do, we are more emotionally immature as Christians is this. We are not exposed to the Psalms yeah. and Christian worship like every other generation of Christian mm. um, and Old Testament believer was. Um, so, so yeah, so I, I, it, I don't, I wouldn't recommend any kind of like, you know, go get this library of books in the topic or, you know, go schedule retreat or any of those things, just um, that, um, you know, the last thing I'd say, um, which we've, we've hit on a little bit, if, you know, if, if for some, for some folks, they might find this because, um, there's a very, um, you know, powerful emotional, um, event that these are crippling or that this person may feel desperate, um, if, with where they are. And, um, again, you know, find you know professional help if that's where you are. Um, so, um, if it's, you know, seeing a counselor talking to your pastor, going to um, a doctor, if, if, if somebody is, is, you know, clinically depressed or is worried that they might be sure, like pay attention to your emotions. Um, but also if that's where you think you are, get, um, get get help and talk to somebody um so yeah so that's that's what i'd say
0: that's great joe man thank yeah, you man. again for your time sure. brother. i really enjoyed our conversation once. yeah and absolutely and the time just flies man when you're talking uh so much fun so i appreciate you brother i know yeah, that our listeners too. and watchers are going to really benefit from this and uh, i look forward to doing it again sometime bro
1: yeah absolutely thanks so much for the opportunity
0: yes sir all right man, bye, man. Have a great day
1: yep bye all right peace